What do you mean you haven't heard of John Mulaney? And I'm Jay. Today, our subject is John Mulaney's Netflix comedy special titled New in Town. Make sure to watch or listen to the special before our show because ours will have spoilers. You have been warned. If this is your first episode with us, you should know that we use a rewatchability rating system for each comedy special we're discussing. The categories are would not watch, would watch once, would watch again, and would watch repeatedly. My personal rating for this one was would watch repeatedly, and here's why. I feel as though John's storytelling style is peppered with enough punchlines that he's someone that any comic can learn a lot from. Uh, He seems to have a very special relationship with the audience, and it makes it a point to tell his stories as if he's telling them to just really close friends, but more dramatically. Uh, This special has a lot of material for someone who wants to be a student of comedy and get ideas for how they can tell stories on stage. All right, Jay, what was your rating and why? I also rated this Woodwatch repeatedly, and I honestly would give that rating to any of John's specials because I agree, he's he's a comic of the people. Like, he's just very friendly, and it it feels like you're having a conversation with him one-on-one. But at the same time, each special is very unique and has its own jokes. But this one in particular is just like, it's so fast paced and fun to watch. And just, it's full of like one liners that just, I don't know, fill, he just covers so many topics with it and has so much fun with it. And it's so fun to watch. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's very good about that. I I really liked, uh, the way that he started off with the kind of like standard sitcom intro song thing that like it was just cheesy enough that it works with his personality but also short enough to where it's still an interesting enough intro. Yeah, it also reminded me of like an SNL sketch almost and since he was a writer for SNL I think it was kind of a homage to or homage however you say that to homage. his SNL days. Yeah, or I think well either one works. Th- homage or... Well, it's homage or homage, but I, I don't know which is correct. I don't think people say the hard H in homage. I don't I think either. it's homage. I think it's homage. It can, like, I've heard both of them. Oh, okay. Homage and homage. <laughs> homage. That's homage. Fuck. It's such, such a strange word. It's one of, my fa- one of my favorite songs at the moment is called Homage, but I cannot remember who it's by. Oh, wow. Yeah. It must really make an impression on you then. The song does. The artist's name does not. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, John Mulaney's got a really good name for himself, and I think that, uh, I think you're absolutely right that the sitcom intro is very uh, very much in the style of something you would see on SNL. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, as far as, like, the, the overall look at the, the overall look of the special goes, the only thing that I didn't like was that I wish he would have worn a slightly darker suit. <laughs> like, I think... It's it's just light enough, the, the one that he has on in the special, it's just light enough to where it kind of clashes a little bit, but uh, it's not really a huge deal, I guess. It's just something that I noticed where I was like, eh, you could do that a little bit better, John. I don't have any critiques of his suit, so I guess I kind of disagree, but also maybe I do agree. I don't know. 
I just like how well-dressed he is. Like, he just always looks so put together and so not formal. Like, he's still approachable, but he just, he gives a shit about his appearance, and not all comedians do that. Yeah, that's very true. I think that's... That's probably gonna be a that's probably gonna be a topic whenever we talk about Chris D'Elia's new special. I yeah. Would yep. Um, but anyway, uh, it, like it does look good on him, but I think uh, the note I had for it was that it it clashes with the stage just a little bit. Like it's just light enough to where clashes like uh, goes against or like he blends into it. Because uh, this, Go, lo- this is the one where he's wearing a light gray suit, right? Yeah, so like it still matches, but it's still just a little bit. Uh, it doesn't blend as well as I would like. Okay, that's fair, and that's I don't. That's a good costuming note. Like, if it if it doesn't work with the set, then maybe it's not the best choice. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the only thing I can think of. Uh, all right, so uh, the first bit by bit note when he's talking about uh, how he looks and feels older than what he actually is because he's 29 <laughs> in this special. Um, but he, uh, so he's technically young, 29, but he looks and feels so much older. And uh, he also, like, this is where he's talking about how he basically just looks like a really tall child. Yeah. That looks awful. Yeah. I like that. This is the one where he's like, I look like I was sitting. Oh, wait, that's later. Isn't it? Um, where he says, I look like I was sitting in a room eating saltines for the last 29 years. And then I walked out here, and here I am. Yeah, that's later on when he's talking about uh, just being Catholic. Yeah. And being Catholic as a personality rather than a religion. He's 37 now. That's Wow, so that was uh, eight, eight years, years ago. ago. Yeah. That's a really long time. That would have been 2012? Uh, Yeah. Wow. Give yeah. or take, yeah. Yeah, this special is really, uh, it's old now, but we we do cover a lot of old specials on this show now that I think about it. I mean, yeah, but that's kind of what's on Netflix. Yeah, kind of. Um, uh, I thought it was really interesting that he said that quicksand uh, is something that he thought would be a much bigger problem <laughs> in real life because I also had that thought whenever I became an adult, and it's like, it's uh, it's something that I think is definitely predicated by the old cartoons that we used that we used to have on television. I gotta say, the way they taught us stop, drop, and roll, I thought I'd be on fire a lot more than what I have been. Oh, me too, me too, me too, a lot. Um, uh, let's see. For the think- record, I've never been on fire, so. Me neither. Can you think of any other things like that that were like things that they made a big deal, uh, like a big deal to us as kids, but they aren't a big deal um, or like they aren't as big of a deal as maybe we thought uh, maybe we thought they would have been whenever we were kids and kind of trying to figure out the world well you know how they always told out told us to like watch out for people in white vans I can't remember ever even seeing somebody in a white van that I was like he looks suspicious can you even like, think of anybody who's owned a white van that you've seen Besides, like, utility workers and people who are supposed to be driving white vans, no. Like, I've never just seen a white van on the street, like, cruising, you know? Yeah. I've only known, uh, I've only known one guy that had any van in that style at all. I mean, yeah, because I guess most of the people I know with vans were, like, minivans, which yeah, exactly. are the least threatening vehicle I've ever seen. They're threatening to your self-esteem. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, but yeah. apparently as a parent, they're a necessary evil. Yeah, I could agree with that, depending on how many kids you have and everything. But yeah, I'm trying to think if there are any other things that would have been uh, things that they taught us when we were kids, or at least tried to, I don't know, tried to warn us about, but then weren't actually big problems at all. Like, for me, the only thing I could think of is kidnapping. Yeah. Like, no, as far as I know, nobody has ever tried to kidnap me. <laughs> and As far as I know. As far as I know. I mean, like... Uh, no one has successfully kidnapped you? Yeah, n- no one has successfully kidnapped me, but also I don't think anybody's tried. Who? Like, there's, there's a comedian who has a joke about, like... Was it Fortune Feimster maybe who had the joke about like being undesirable to Yeah, she's kid not the catchers? snatcher's type. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't the snatcher's type either. I mean, I think I grew up in too small of a town. I don't even I don't even have any first hand first hand stories of somebody getting kidnapped. So I don't think it's like as common like as as they made us believe it was cuz like I remember we had a safe word, my parents and I. Yeah. So, like, if somebody came up to the street and was like, hey, you need to come with me. Your parents are in danger. I'd be like, what's the safe word? And if they didn't know the safe word, then I wasn't allowed to go with them, like, period. Yeah, that was the, that was the big rule that they taught us in public schools, too. I don't remember if we actually had a safe word. When Ours was Chrisman. It was my... Chrisman? It's, yeah, it's my great-grandparents' last name. Okay. Wow, that'd be really hard to guess. Right? But yeah, that was, I still remember it. So obviously my parents taught me well. Let's see. I did really uh, heavily personally relate to another thing that he talks about in this bit where he, uh, he mentions that a lot, of ki- a lot of guys his age are starting to say things like, I think I'm becoming more like my dad, but he's becoming more like his mom. Because I think I'm also becoming more like my mom as I grow older. I don't, I don't know which parent I lean towards, honestly, because I just... We're, we're very different people. They are stereotypical wasps for, I mean, they're Catholic, not Protestant, but... Wasps. Yeah, they're stereotypical Republican wasps, and I am a liberal, I'm still white Anglo-Saxon, but Wassel. I'm... <laughs> Wassel? Wassel. White, Anglo-S- white Anglo-Saxon liberal. That's not an actual term. I just no, I know. I'm I'm just trying to because there's a religion on the end of wasp, so I'm trying to figure out how to add atheist onto it. Wasla. Wasa. Wasa. Wasla. You're 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 almost like the. uh, It's almost like Aslan, but not quite. (laughs) Wasla. Wasla. I think we just invented a new term. Uh, the next bit, I thought it was really funny the way he delivered uh, all of the stories in this bit, where he talks about both of his parents being lawyers mm-hmm. and his like um, his dad was the pretty standard lawyer where he like tried to build cases against them quote unquote like the whole uh, hey did you brush your teeth yeah I brushed my teeth your toothbrush is this your toothbrush yes so we agree this is your toothbrush like that whole spiel that he went on yeah uh, his delivery on this entire section is wonderful because he also talks about how uh, his mom tried to blame him for things that happened on the news <laughs> and his like his kind of uh, laughing at the absurdity of the situation is 
one thing that really makes that bit work, I thought. Yeah. Okay, I have a question, though. Because in that bit, when he comes in and he says, his mom is like, I just heard Princess Diana and her lover, Dodi Alfayette, were killed. And he's like, I have been here the whole time. And he says, he says, luckily I had a good excuse because I was nine and in Wisconsin. Yeah. He grew up in Chicago. Were they on vacation? Why was he in Wisconsin in this story? Oh, fuck. That's a good question. I didn't think of that. Um, I saw this online. This is not an original idea, but, like, I, I want to know this answer. Like, John, why were you in Wisconsin when Dodie and, and Diana were killed? Why would anybody be in Wisconsin in general? <laughs> That's what I, like... I done been birthed there. It's, it's cold, and they're known for cheese. And, like, well, at least for me, those are things that I really, really do not like. Well, I love cheese, so... Yeah, like, oh, God, Wisconsin would not be a place where I would fit in very well, for those two things, at least. Yeah. I don't know, maybe it is some sort of vacation, like... I don't... I don't know, his, but his parents are both lawyers, and I think he had... Uh, he has siblings, right? Yeah, because he talks about his... Like, I don't think it was this special, but there's a special where he talks about going on vacation, and his dad orders... They stop at McDonald's, and his dad orders one black coffee. Yeah. And he talks about the the kids being in the back seat. So I think he's got two or three siblings. Yeah, that seems about right. I uh, so I think maybe it's a thing where they're uh, they're a family that kind of has money to go on vacations and stuff. Like they seem to be they seem to me to be a skiing family. <laughs> like they seem like they have the money to put down to go. Do you go skiing in Wisconsin, though? Wisconsin doesn't have mountains. I don't know. It seems like something that should be involved there, just because it's, like, so close to Canada. Yeah, but I... Like, I don't know if there actually is skiing in Wisconsin. I don't think there... I don't think there's mountains in Wisconsin, because it's still in the Midwest. It it is, but it's, like... I don't know. Everything I know about Wisconsin... the Appalachians are on the East Coast, and then you got the Rockies, but there's nothing in that middle swath of land there. I, I don't know. I know, like, everything I know about Wisconsin, I learned from tangential football knowledge <laughs> and Marshall from How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. So I know it's a very snowy place. So, like, snowing and skiing kind of just automatically go together in my mind. I get that. I just don't think there's mountains in Wisconsin. I don't think they'd be... Maybe they've got family in Wisconsin or something, but... That's a much better idea. Yeah, I don't think they were skiing in Wisconsin. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. All right. Uh, Do you have anything else about the the parents were lawyers thing? Nope. Although I will say my parents weren't lawyers, but they were both engineers. So I really related to him when he talked about having to kind of learn how to communicate. Like when he was talking about the toothbrush door and he's like, and you will notice I did not perjure myself. So yeah. with my parents, it's all about like the numbers and statistics. So I learned a long time ago that if I wanted something, I had to bring quantifiable evidence as to why I deserved that thing. Oh my God. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I want to know how he thought up this analogy that he used because uh, the next bit that he talks about is the babysitter. Yep. And how he like, when he was a kid, he thought the babysitter was like an actual adult. But now that he's older, he, he learned that his babysitter was 13 years old when he was 10. Mm-hmm. And he said it's like a hiring a horse to watch a dog. 
Yeah, that like, one doesn't directly translate. I think it's just because, like, the horse is slightly bigger than the dog. Yeah, but, like, I want to know... I want to know what other analogies he tried for this joke. <laughs> because th- there's got to be something that makes more sense, but also this makes perfect sense in the just sheer absurdity of that image. Well, it also leads into the next joke really well, though. About shushing the animals. Why do people shush animals? They've never spoken. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, maybe that's why he was just trying to parlay it into another joke. Because I've done, I've done transitions like that where it's like, this doesn't quite fit, but also it works better with the next one. Okay, yeah. I wonder if there's a name for that technique. I don't know. Because that's something I've definitely noticed other people doing before. I I'm think. relatively... I only, I've only been into comedy for like four years now. So, like, I'm still learning a lot of, like, the technical things and stuff. Gotcha. So, I didn't... And I think that's why I'm so underexposed to, like, Bo Burnham's earlier works or, like, Mitch Hedberg or, like, all the other comedians that you, like, how come you haven't heard of them? And I'm like, oh, no, I'm still trying to work my way through Netflix. What do you mean you haven't heard of all these people I grew up watching as a teenager? The next bit that I have him talking about is... uh, him being bullied for being Asian American. Home Alone 2. Home Alone 2. Okay, I didn't write anything down for that one. So what, what do you got for that one? I don't have anything. I just like talking about it because I love the Def Jam, com- Def Jam comedy bit he does where he's like, uh, where he's talking about New York City and he's like, where you want to go? 35th and 6th? Where you at? 34th and 3rd? 11 blocks over and one up, you simple bitch. Yeah. I did the math totally wrong there, but... Yeah, I you can't get remember what I'm what saying. He, I can't remember what numbers he actually uses off the top of my head. Yeah, but I don't know. I just I love it, and so I needed to make a reference to it. Yeah, the one thing that I that I love about that bit is the fact that it's like it's such an old reference now. It is like Home Alone too, and it's I always enjoy when comics are able to like, do that kind of thing because there's a oh my god I cannot remember his name. He is he's an Arab comic. I believe he's an Arab comic, but he did a Shaggy joke in his special. It's on Netflix. Like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo? No, Shaggy, the uh, It Wasn't Me guy. Na, 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 na. It wasn't me. Na, 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 na. It wasn't me. Na, 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 na. I got nothing. Oh, my God. How do you not know that song? Because I listened to country music in high school, and before that, I listened to talk radio, and I didn't have cable, and I was a very sheltered child. Okay, that's... Uh, still, though, like, somehow you would have had to have been exposed to that song. Yeah, you'd think, but no. Uh, oh, my God. Okay. Um, but, yeah, he... Uh, this comedian, I cannot remember his name for the life of me right now, but he did a joke about that song, which is 20 years old now, basically. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, the bit that... The thing that he talks about in is he's like, I don't know what's crazier, the fact that I attempted to do a shaggy joke in... 2018 or 2019, whatever year he did the special, or the fact that I did it and you all got it. <laughs> oh man, I, I would have been the one schmuck sitting in the audience, like I don't get it. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you have anything else before being bullied by a being bullied for being Asian American? No, I just I just wanted to talk about the Def Jam com Def God, I cannot say that word. Def Jam comic joke. Gotcha, Good gotcha. lord, that was difficult. Uh, I, 
I have like two favorite things about this, and this is actually when I noticed one of my general notes that I want to pepper in here. So, one, whenever you see the close-up, you notice he has really charming eyelashes. <laughs> and two, I, I cannot tell on the video, but I kind of get the feeling that his eyebrows are actually wider than his eyes most of the time. Aren't most people's? I don't think so. Like, because like most people are gonna have like. I guess mine are about the same. Okay, but his are like, his eyebrows are comically larger than his eye uh, than his eye sockets. I guess most of the time, not his actual eyeballs, because that's impossible. <laughs> but like, I I noticed that when he's talking about this bit, and I was like, huh. I don't know how. Well, I don't know if that's right or if I'm just seeing that now because of the way he's talking about it. Uh, my other favorite part about it was when he uh, he mentioned the music appreciation class and when they went to go see a symphony concert and there was the whole, uh, when they banged the gong thing and all the kids would turn and bow to him. I have a question about that. Yes. Were those kids not told to like remain in their seats? Like that would be the most distracting thing if 30 kids just stood up bowed to one kid who is not Asian American and then sat back down. It would be very distracting. I wonder, like, I wonder, one, I wonder what kind of, uh, do you remember if he said what kind of symphony it was? Like, was it a professional, like, was it a professional level symphony or was it a, uh, uh, was it, like, a school, like, a school symphony or was it, like? I guess I assumed it was professional. I don't think he said, though. That's what I assumed, too, but I, I don't remember if he actually said anything. I, I just figured growing up in Chicago, like, surely right? they had a professional symphony or orchestra or whatever you call it. They do. They have the, uh, well, it's called the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, I believe. There you go. It's like, I, I don't know. Phenomenal you... players. Okay. The other note I had about that was that it was very well coordinated for middle schoolers. Yeah. It was like middle schoolers are not like somebody had organized to plan very that. well a lot of the time. Yeah. Somebody there the school bully, like somebody led that. He was like, All right, they're gonna bang the gong and we're gonna bow to John. Although I will say <laughs> this is like this is like just the perfectly mischievous thing. Like this this act right here is like just uh just ornery enough. Ornery? Yeah. That's the best word I could think of for it, to where you could actually get middle schoolers to do that. You know it's pronounced ornery, right? I always heard it as ornery. That's with a funky accent. It's ornery. Ornery sounds so fucking weird to me. <laughs> ornery sounds weird to me. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. It's spelled ornery, but it's pronounced ornery. Yeah. It's... Oh, my God. Okay. Listen, this might be a West Virginia thing. I don't know. I always heard it as ornery. I've never heard it as ornery. Oh, God. All right. Moving on to uh, the midget bit. You're going to skip over Blockbuster Video? We got we to gotta pay okay. homage to Blockbuster Video. Okay. You say, okay. This is going to be like the main takeaway from this episode is that we're pronouncing words differently. <laughs> you say, hold on. How did you say it? Homage. Okay. I, I homage works. I I don't know. I still I go homage. I think it's homage. French. It, I think it is, but I, I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. Let's, okay, yeah, Blockbuster Video. Let's talk about that because I, 
I, I didn't take notes for all the bits. I took okay. notes what I so, wanted to take on. So, fun fact. There was no blockbuster video in my town, and there was no blockbuster video that I can recall in any of the surrounding towns, so I have never been to a blockbuster video. I don't think I've been to an actual blockbuster either. We had, like, the... We had like the discount version. You know yeah. what it's called? Uh, I don't something inappropriate. No, it wasn't. I don't think it was inappropriate, but it was called Video Warehouse. Okay. Yeah. We that, had. Shout out to anyone who remembers that. Uh, what else do you have about Blockbuster? If oh, I don't have anything about Blockbuster. I just want to make a point to talk about all the notes because I'm obnoxious and OCD like that. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right. We we can talk about all the things. I'm just like going through it. I'm going through the, the order of my notes in here. Uh, do you have anything else before the midget bit? Nope, that's my next bit. All right. Uh, <laughs> I love the argument that he uses because it's, it's something that crops up every so often. If you're comparing the badness of two words and you won't say one of them, that's the worst one. <laughs> and that's, uh, that crops up so, it's so true. Like, it crops up so many times. Like, there was... Uh, I don't know. I've seen it in memes a lot where they make fun of Fox News, rightfully so, whenever they try to bring up uh, white people words <laughs> that are supposed to be as bad as the N-word, but they publish the white people words on TV. Cracker. Yeah, cracker, honky. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other ones. I don't, yeah. Those are the only ones I've got off the top. I've never actually been called any of them. Like, I've never been called a racial slur. So it's not something I've really concerned myself with. I've joke I've jokingly been referred to as a uh, cracker and honky. But I mean it was like a friend or something. Like it wasn't yeah. it wasn't offensive. Right. It wasn't I don't know. I feel like it's hard to offend white people with either one of those words. Because they sound ridiculous. Yeah, they like Cracker has a dark history, but I have no idea where honky comes from. I mean, there's country songs that refer to honky, like honky tonk, badonkadonk, or like, damn, that's a cold ass honky. Like, yeah, that's that's thrift shop. Ooh, well, whatever. That's, that's not, still a white guy. Yeah, but it's like, a, it's not a white guy that says it. Really? Yeah, not in that, not in that song. Oh. It's a. Uh, I can't remember his name. Cause that's uh. I can't even remember the name of who does that song anymore right now. Macklemore. Yeah, Macklemore. And it's not Ryan Lewis. It's uh, it's the black guy in the video. I didn't realize that, that was it. a collab. Yeah. I don't. Although now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if I ever watched the music video. Oh my god! How? Oh, you never watched I'm the music video? I'm not a huge tonight? fan of music videos in general. Like, I want to appreciate the music for what it is. I don't need a video to go with it. Like, you don't need to play a slideshow about the lyrics or whatever. Right. Although I will say, when lyric videos are done well, they're really nice. But, like, it surprises me for that song specifically because I think that's how most people learned that song was through the music video. Oh, no. It just, it was on the warm-up CD for my basketball team. So. <laughs> oh my god that uh i don't know why that's funny but that's that's hilarious to me yeah that's i'm pretty sure how i know it that's also how i know the um jump on it song dun 
Dun, 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 dun. Jump yeah. on it. Yeah. Jump on it. I know that from the Drumline movie. Gotcha. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. The next note I have is about uh, when he's talking about Law and Order SVU. Do you nope. have anything before that? Nope. All right. So I love Law and Order SVU because, or I, I love the show in general, but in particular, I love how he describes the way that Ice T's character acts. It's like, uh, have you ever watched SVU before? Bits and pieces. I my mom watches it, so I know I've watched it at home with her. Oh yeah, my my mom is a huge fan too. Uh, she's the one that kind of got me into it. Gotcha. And it's uh, admittedly he acts he acts like Ice T in a funnier version of himself, mm-hmm. but it's still pretty accurate to like your perception of his character when you're watching the show. Yeah, and I, I too would like to see an episode of SVU where uh, Ice-T just keeps naming examples of things that people get addicted to. I was impressed how many examples he came up with, to be honest. Right? Like, he went, I mean, I know he's joking about a whole episode of it, but like, he went for a good minute there. Yeah, he had like, I don't know, like 10 examples maybe? Probably more than more than the rule of three for sure. Yeah, that's a good. He might have done three of three, which is its nine. own. Yeah, well, yeah, but three sets of three, which like doubles the rule of threes. I don't know. It is a. I don't remember how many examples he gave, but he he did give a lot. That's like, that's such a. I don't know. I wonder how long it took him to come up with all these examples. Uh, they got less impressive. The the further into them he went. Like, he, like re- he repeated a couple of them and expanded on them a little yeah, bit, kind of? Yeah. Like, like the, uh, when somebody eats ice ch- or chocolate cake or when somebody eats chocolate cake and then throws it up. Yeah, exactly. Or when somebody eats chocolate cake and then throws it up and then eats it again. He didn't... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he used that one, but yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I hope nobody does that. That's really gross. Yeah. Two girls, one cup. Oh, God. I do have a question, though. Okay. Who is Dean Cain? Like, why, of all the, of all the guest stars on, on SVU, of everybody who has, you know, played a villain, why Dean Cain? Because I, I cannot picture Dean Cain off the top of my head. If I saw a picture, I might know who he is, but, like... I don't know, maybe he was more popular eight years ago? So the first thing that comes up about him is that he is uh, he's best known for playing Clark Kent and Superman uh. in uh, the TV show Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. See, I'm not into superheroes, so maybe that's why I don't know him. Maybe. I, uh, I couldn't remember where he was from either. He also hosted Ripley's Believe It or Not, which is where I think I know him from more. But yeah, he's a he's an actor that's been popular for a while, like popular enough to get a Superman role. Fair enough. Good for him. Yeah. All right. The next thing I have is about Cold Case Files. Do you have anything before that? Nope. I got Cold Case File notes. Okay. So the, my only real takeaway from the Cold Case Files thing was that it probably was really easy to get away with murder before DNA. <laughs> Hmm. Like gross. <laughs> now back, back to, to my hunch. hunch. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's another thing about John Mulaney is that he's easily one of the most quotable and memeable comics. Oh, 
definitely that we, that we have ever talked about definitely yeah, I yeah. like um well, we mentioned this whenever we were in the the mini episode i think that we did where we explained the rating system the example that comes to mind for me whenever i think of john mulaney is there is a post somewhere out there that lists a bunch of classical music composers as john mulaney quotes <laughs> And it's one of the most brilliant things that uh, that I have ever seen. Yeah, the specifically the new in town meme gets attached to a lot of like list jokes. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like people will be like, oh god, okay, now I can only think of his joke, but like, I don't know. They'll they'll give a list of things that they are, and then just the last panel of the strip comic strip will be. John saying, I'm new in town. Those have started to uh, crop up in my feeds more recently than they... Yeah. They kind of ebb and flow. Like, sometimes there's a lot of John Mulaney jokes, and sometimes it's just very quiet on the Western front. Talking to the camera that's in the shot. <laughs> Do you have anything else before that? Um, I'm not 100% sure where that is. I've got his joke about not doing things and how it's so much easier than doing things. I have that right after the... Okay. Yeah, so like the... I'm surprised he left the camera thing in. I That seems to be a growing trend because I'm trying to think of some other examples, but I know there's comedians who talk directly to the camera. But you're talking about the bit where he's like, oh, it... He, that's unsettling, and the camera guy goes, "Yeah, yeah," like makes the camera nod, and he goes, "I don't like that at all." Yeah, I've seen uh, off the top of my head. I think I've seen Jim Jeffries, Jim Gaffigan, and Mike Birbiglia. Yeah, kind of do the same thing. I want to say specials. Eliza does it at some point, but I can't think of where. I don't. Know. I I I'm picturing a female comedian. But I can't figure out who it is. Like, it's just sort of a vague female shape. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. I'll think of it as soon as we're done recording. Probably, yeah. But yeah, I'm really surprised that he left that in. I don't know. That seems like a thing that would be really easy to edit out, edit out of the Netflix special. And like, maybe it's intentional to be there as kind of like a breaking the fourth wall thing. I, I think, think, I mean, maybe he just left it in because it was funny. I mean... Maybe, yeah. I'm also not sure how much recording is done in one take. You yeah, because I'm that saying? Because, I mean, logistically, they have to be able to stop and start. But, like, I don't know how, because some of, not so much with this special, but some comedians have such long jokes, like their stories. They, it, I mean, cutting from one angle to another, sure, but, like, to cut from this line to this line, I don't think would even be possible. Yeah, it would be very difficult to do that. And like, uh, and have it be like a smooth transition, you know? Yeah, and the only, uh, the way that I know most comedians record for film specials like this is they will do the show twice, uh-huh. like either twice in one night or... Saturday and Sunday or Friday and Saturday. Yeah, same venue, same outfit, same... Uh, you know, same set, basic, like same everything except for the audience, yeah. presumably. And they just take which ones go better. Yeah. Like they just take whichever bits go better on whichever night and combine them to make their film special. Gotcha. Most people do that. 
but I that makes sense. There are a handful of people that just like do it one time, hit record, and be like, yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever it is, that's what it is. Isn't that how? Because I was just watching Sarah Silverman's. Isn't her just one camera straight on the whole time? No, hers changes around a little bit. She has multiple camera angles, definitely. Okay. Um, the bulk of it though is just like straight on. Yeah, most one of it angle. is just right on her. But yeah. now onto the canceling plans, instant relief thing. Unless you have oh. anything before that. Oh no, yeah, no. I was like canceling plans, but yeah, I just labeled it as not doing things instead of canceling plans. But oh. we're on the same page. Yeah. Oh my god, I. I love this bit. I love any bits that have this, which is one reason why I love Gaffigan so much. But like, I love whenever comedians do like uh, bits about laziness. Uh, one thing that I did want to kind of confirm is that uh, this is why teachers show videos. <laughs> Real curious about that. Yeah, because it's like it's so much easier to do that See, on some days. See, because I don't remember unplanned video days very often. Like, generally, we knew that we'd be watching a video. They'd be like, okay, behave today or you won't get to watch a movie tomorrow. Yeah. Like, I don't remember being surprised with a video day very often. Did you have a lot of, like, older teachers? No. Although, all of my teachers were parents, and all of their kids went to my school. I don't know that they were going out drinking, like John's friend. Right. I'd imagine, well, you could stay home and drink, too. Yeah, but with small children, you don't want to be getting drunk. I ideally, mean, you do, yeah. but <laughs> I mean, ideally, you yeah, but yeah, yeah. That is a just a big part of why teachers show videos. Like a lot of times, they pick good videos to show. Yeah. But it's also like, okay, I need a break for a minute. Yeah. I need, yeah. Here, learn from this thing. Yeah. Uh, but that's a a big reason why it happens. Interesting. Uh, the next note that I had is that uh, Killed by Hitman is such a weird transition to the mariachi band bit, but somehow it makes perfect sense, and I have no idea why. Like, why do those things feel like they would be so similar? Well, because they both suck. Uh, well, okay, me being a musician, I, I could get into a mariachi band. Yeah, but have you ever been on a subway? Yes. Can you imagine being trapped in a subway car for like 10 minutes with a mariachi band? Okay. Like you're not yeah. telling me that, you cannot tell me that wouldn't get at least a little annoying. Okay, yeah, that part of it would. Like uh, I left that out of my notes, the whole subway car thing. Yeah, that but, you have to take that into account. Like it's not like a mariachi band on the street. Yeah, and this is, uh, this is where I kind of took this note where, or both of these notes actually, where he's great at quick callback jokes and good transitions, but he also is, like, one thing that's very particular about John's style of comedy is that he will start with a premise and then he will follow it with an example that is funnier than the premises on its own. Mm -hmm. Like, he's very yeah. good about doing that. And he has, like, a specific style that he does it with. It, like, once you've seen him, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, the next thing I have written down is about the New York Post. Yep, same. I wonder how close this is to the New York Post actual like writing style guide, the like different <laughs> characters that he uses. I feel like they don't, well, I guess maybe they intentionally do it, but I think he's generalizing or oversimplifying or something like that. 
I don't think they get a handbook when you get hired at the New York Post that says, okay, so a bad guy is a bozo, and a kid who's died is a tot, and a kid who is not dead is, wait, no, the kid who is, kid yeah, who is not the kid dead who is was alive tot. is the tot. Yeah. The and dead the, kid is the angel. Yeah. Like, I don't think they get a handbook that says that. I think it's probably, A, a generalization, and B, like, I don't, I, I feel like maybe he read two or three articles that happened to use those words, and he was like, shit, that's a lot of articles, because that would be. Yeah. I don't know. I, I could see it being a, an actual style guide thing. As someone who studied journalism, I doubt it. Like, for instance, you're taught not to say young lady or, like, because anyone who is over 18 is a man or a woman. So you're not okay. supposed to say, like, the 18-year-old girl shot her father. You'd have to say the woman shot her father, which just puts it in an entirely different context. Okay. Because it sounds like you, you associate women as being adults. You don't think of an 18-year-old as an adult. Right. I mean, they are mm. technically. Yeah. But. but like, I, like, not really. Like, I'm 25 and I still don't feel like an adult. Which concerns me because there's comedians who are like, I'm 37 and I still don't feel like an adult. Like, I was just listening to... um. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm Chris D'Elia's podcast, and he's like, I'm 39, and I don't think I'm adulting right. So, I don't, I'm, I'm worried. I don't think I'm ever going to grow up. Uh, I get the feeling that a lot of these people that we're talking about, whenever we, like, hear these things from much older people, mm-hmm. one, I think how fast you grow up depends very heavily on where you are regionally so like the Mm -hmm. fact that a lot of these comedians are based out of los angeles Mm -hmm. or like definitely more urban areas than where we are but also like just los angeles specifically like see but i don't think they necessarily grew up there they didn't but they like they moved there when they were around our age maybe younger yeah but i think the fact that them being in los angeles and then becoming famous to a degree that kind of lets them be in that uh, kind of, for lack of a better word, perpetual adolescent stage. Okay. I guess I get that. I think I get that. Yeah. Like, in other words, that they've already like made it to a degree so they don't have to become a better adult than what they already are. Oh, uh, okay. That makes sense. By the way, I'm not knocking them for doing it because I would totally do the same thing. Yeah. No, for sure. I wish I had the guts to pick up and move across the country. Yeah. So the next bit I have after that is his treasure chest of two cigarettes and a Cosmopolitan magazine, okay. which prompted my dad to ask, how does John know how to make a Cosmopolitan? Yeah. <laughs> which is a line that just l- makes me lose it every time I watch it. doesn't matter how many times I watch the special. That one always gets me. Yeah. That one's a really good line to have. I don't know. I think I wrote down that it's the filler part of the show because the audience isn't really reacting as much as they did to the material that's happened before this. Yeah. Um, I will say, because I think he said that was when he was 11, and so that's how long he's been smoking. And I just, he does not look like someone who smokes. Right. He doesn't look like somebody who used to do, or like he used to do anything or does anything. He looks very clean cut. Yeah. He doesn't look like he's ever been in any sort of trouble which he gets into later in the show with the McNamara party of how much trouble he actually was as a teenager, which just begs the question, like, how ornery 
ornery was he? I can't even say it like that. Uh, how ornery was he as a teenager? Like, how much trouble was he actually getting in? Because I was pretty straight edge, and I never went to parties, so I have no fun stories like that. I forget what podcast or what interview show it's on, but you should hear him talk about some of the. Uh, you should hear him talk about some of the party stories that he has besides this one, because he was definitely a teenager that was in into way more stuff than what he lets on in this story. Gotcha. That's kind of scary. Kind of, um, yeah. Uh, the next thing I have written about is the airport monologue. Uh, I have one bit in the middle about uh, girlfriends versus friend girls and how you'd think they'd get along, but actually they're just very passive-aggressive, yeah. which doesn't make sense to me because I guess maybe I'm just not passive-aggressive enough as a person but, like, if my friend introduces me to his girlfriend, I do everything in my power to get along with her. Like, I try really hard to be friends with her because it's, like, clearly she's important to you and you're important to me. Therefore, by extension, she should also be important to me. Right. That makes sense. I think the wiring for people gets different the more younger we are. So, like, I think... Elaborate, please. So, I think this joke works for him well Mm -hmm. because, I don't know, because, like, people that are just slightly older than us, Mm -hmm. I think they're more uh, naturally wired that way and we're kind of brought up in uh, a culture that was more conducive to that. Am I using that word right? Conducive? You're using it right. I'm just not sure I follow you. It's almost in a sense where, like, for for this bit, for example, it's almost a thing where, like, women are taught to be passive aggressive to each other but i think as society has progressed and like it's not as big of a deal among younger people as it used to be okay which I, which was where i was trying to go with my original idea gotcha okay i guess that does make sense then yeah delta airlines delta airlines yeah the the main thing i love about this airport monologue that he does is that it just keeps getting more bizarre like, he just keeps adding on situations that wouldn't actually happen, but probably would actually happen if they, if they were allowed to happen. Like I don't, if, I if don't they know were, about the framing you for murder bit. Like, that's a bit extreme. Well, I mean, the great irony in this, wasn't Delta the one that had the, uh, that had the guy, like, getting fought on the airline a couple years ago? Remember that news story? Um, I don't know about getting fought. Delta is the one that had the guy dragged off the plane because he wouldn't give up his seat. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna find this story right now. I'm trying to think of other comedians because I know other comedians have shit on airlines, but like I feel like Delta's a recurring one for some reason. Delta seems like it get hit gets hit more often than the other ones do, though. Yeah. I'm not gonna find this story that I wanted to find, but I think it was Delta that was involved in like the big the famous airline fight story that happened a couple years ago. Could very well be. The next thing I have written down is the party story thing. Yep. And then uh, the main thing I have written about it is that it's a, it contains a great callback to the dogs being raised by horses Mm -hmm. bit. (laughs) We were dogs without horses. Yeah. And uh, this is one of the, I think this is one of the larger callbacks that he does. This is one where he's calling back to a premise rather than an actual uh, punchline that he used. Yeah. Um, he also does... It was also from very early in the show. Right. I think this is the... Like, m- 
This is the farthest reaching yeah. callback that he has. Yeah. I do have a little bit before that about how he doesn't drink anymore and why he doesn't drink, like right before the party. Okay. But um, I'm really curious. I don't drink much, and it's not that I've quit drinking. It's just that I never got into drinking, and I've never had anybody offer me a turnip. <laughs> so I'm curious, like, how... I, I guess I'm curious about, like, how awkward people actually get around people who have stopped drinking. Because for me, it's just like, yeah, I'll have a Coke and that's fine. Like, I don't want the, like, I'll have a drink, but I don't drink excessively. I think this is, this is kind of another thing that's changed with generations. I don't know. It seems like most people our age and younger are pretty good about, being respectful of people who don't drink and trying to make sure there's always water or pop or you know whatever if they're like if they're if they know they're going to be hanging out with somebody who doesn't drink yeah uh yeah they're usually pretty good about providing other options and just trying to be yeah. inclusive well I we guess. call them mixers or chasers but they're still there yeah, like I think that's another generational thing similar to the passive aggressive women thing could be I do like his line in there um, about how he doesn't have the excuse of alcohol anymore. Right. So he just has to apologize for being loud and mean because yeah. I get that. Like, I, I get that. I am also loud and mean. Yeah. Not, yeah. not excessively, but like I say things that I then have to apologize for more than I should. Gotcha. I will say I definitely agree that it is a great excuse because I have drunk called so many people. I love, I, I haven't been drunk called often, but I love getting drunk called because like when you're drunk, your brain is operating on its most primal level. And so like you called me because I'm the one person that your, your primal brain was like, we need her here. Yeah, she exactly. needs to be a part of our life right now. Like I find it very flattering. To get drunk called. Right, me too. But it, uh, I, don't, I don't think it happens that often for me either. Yeah, no, I, I can't even remember the last. It happened more in college. Yeah, easily. I love how he tells the story about escaping the police because he's like, I was running and running and I saw a fence and I thought, I've never climbed anything that high before. And then I woke up at home. Because I think we've all had that night where, like, at some point we just blacked, like, Cause there's blacked out where you can still like kind of like, you know that you were doing stuff. And then there's blacked out where like, there's just nothing. Yeah. Or there's like the blackout where you can remember bits and pieces of it the next yeah. day, but then you yeah. have to kind of like retrace your steps. Yeah. Or ask for other people's stories to like corroborate yours. Yeah. The stolen photos bit. Um, I don't really have any notes about it, but that's a bit that happens. That's just so fucked up. Like, yeah, it really it's is. the one thing you can't replace. Like, Jesus Christ, how, like, that kid grew up to be a serial killer for sure. Oh, yeah, it would be, like, I think it would be hard not to. <laughs> like, yeah. I think it, I think by law, you have to be a serial killer if you've collected <laughs> photos. Also, what did he do? Because, like, at some point, he moved out of his parents' house. So either there's still a secret room full of these old stolen photos at his parents' house, 
or he took them with him and like I don't even know what he did with them like where what did he do with all these stolen photos after he outgrew this stealing antique photos phase like did he just donate them all to goodwill it's just a pile of old family photos that would definitely be a weird thing to find in there um I don't know probably I would imagine he took them with him it's like something like that seems like it's serious enough to where you don't want to leave it behind anywhere. Right. But also, like, I don't know, depending on what his life situation afterwards, maybe he's like, oh, maybe I want to get rid of this thing and don't want to, like, keep it around me very much. Like, it, I could see it going either way, but I yeah. don't know what actually happened. I don't know. I'm just very curious about it. All right. Uh, the homeless dude is the thing I have next. Yep. Like the, I'm, uh, let's see. I am Homeless. homeless. I'm gay. gay. I, I have, have AIDS. AIDS. I'm new in town. I wonder if he accidentally ran into Joe Exotic <laughs> before before this special was filmed and before anybody knew who Joe Exotic was. Because it, it reminds me of the, the soundbite that's going around now that's like, I am gay. I've done meth. I have done drugs. I am broke as shit. Like, the, yeah. like that thing his, from Tiger King. So I that's his like presidential bid. Like, Is it really? Supposedly, that's what my friend told me. Okay, the one hole that I want to poke in that story is the fact that if 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 the dude is actually homeless that he's talking about, I don't really think you have a good way to prepare that speech. <laughs> so I don't know if it was like insensitive for John Mulaney to complain about that, or if he was just doing it for the sake of his material. I mean, I'm sure he was doing it for the sake of his material, but, like, also, I feel like that was not a prepared speech. Like, it wasn't, uh, yeah, it wasn't a prepared speech, but, like, if you're homeless, are you going to be preparing speeches most of the time? I don't know. Like, what else are they going to do with all their free time? I don't know. All right, uh, the last story that he talks about is, like, his general anxiety disorder. Uh-huh. And getting nervous on airplanes and how he tried to get a Xanax prescription but ended up getting a prostate sta- prostate exam instead. Yep. Yeah. I I love the amount of detail that he put in this story and like just the way that he doled it out over time. Was this was the mm. longest story in the special, I think. That's not, yeah, I think Besides that's right. maybe the McNamara party bit. I think this one was longer only because he's like, uh, if you include all the stuff before the actual getting to the doctor's office, mm-hmm. I think it is longer. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I I just put down that uh, I love the amount of detail that he put into this story. I love how he ends it yeah. with the, and Batman was wearing glasses to show that time had passed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought that was a that was a great way to end this special. Yeah. And it was very uh this seems like a very appropriate way to introduce John Mulaney on Netflix cuz this was his first one, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Well, we, I think it's pretty safe to say that we love John Mulaney. All right. So, that's our show for today. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, please like and subscribe, share us with your friends if you have any, and don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter, and you can email us at W-D-Y-M-Y-H-H-O-T at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Join us next time when we cover Craig Ferguson's Tickle Fight. 
Bye.